into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent, likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Welcome back for another episode of Televised Heroics. We've been gone, working on other stuff, you know, getting our lives together, getting everything put back into place so that we could be here and talk to you our listeners about the televised comic book TV shows that we all love to talk about. Uh, we can't, we can I mean, we're going to talk this week. We're going to try and uh, recover up every cover, everything that uh, uh, has happened on these shows in the last couple of weeks that we've been gone and then prepare everybody for the big CWDC crossover coming next week. Well, it's this week, but we will cover it next week. Right, Daniel? Right. I mean, how excited are you for that? I- I'm pretty excited. You know, I'm actually pretty excited. Um, so far, a lot of people uh, online have just said positive things about it. And um, the CW shows always seem to be the strongest when they do the you know crossover events as well. Yeah, you know, and it, not only is it the strongest, but this also seems to be the most like uh, source <laughs> material accurate, I guess, the best way to put it. Yeah, I, I would uh, agree with that too. Um, and just everybody, seeing everybody on the screen, you know, everybody has a great dynamic with each other, which I really like as well. They all work really well with t- uh, with each other. And you know, it's it's gonna it's kind of like getting our own Justice League on TV. I mean, we just got the Justice League movie, uh, which I mean, we can talk about a little bit or not. It's I thought it was very mediocre. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel the same way. I thought it was okay. It was entertaining um probably not a movie i would see a second time in theaters it, yeah it had very it had some no, i wouldn't say very it had some entertaining parts uh the whole movie as a whole was just not good i am contemplating going to see it again just to see some extra things that maybe i i missed in the first watching but uh yeah it's not something too worrisome that i need to go back and see right away yeah, exactly. I, I don't know if anything, I might wait for it to be on the dollar theater and just go there and see it a second time. <laughs> might be a good idea. Uh, speaking of, though, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., apparently the well, the show is coming back this Friday, which kind of is kind of worrisome for me. I didn't know that they were moving it to Friday, just like where Inhumans was. But to me, as long as I've I've been watching TV... It, when a network puts a show on Friday, they that's where they want it to go to die, and that that really saddens me. Uh, hopefully, in this day and age of DVRs and binge watching and streaming and stuff, that's not going to happen. But Fridays have never been a really good day, good day for TV shows. Um, I hope it doesn't die. That man, I just started watching the show, you know, with you two years ago. I hope it doesn't die. Yeah, especially with uh, some looks like some interesting things are going to be happening this season. Yeah, um, maybe they just slated it for Friday because they knew that Inhumans, you know, was on Friday. So they're like, oh yeah, you know, watch the other Marvel thing on Friday. <laughs> maybe. Um, 
But uh, the story what I was trying to get to is that they released the first 15 minutes of the first episode of the season online earlier this week. Uh, I didn't watch it because I want to watch it as a whole. But uh, what did you did you did you watch it? What do you think of them releasing the first 15 minutes? Pretty ballsy. Um, maybe they're getting desperate to get people to watch it. <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 I couldn't talk to you about the, the, the ratings of it, like how, how it's doing in, in the ratings or not. But, uh, I would think that it's made it to season six. Is that what we're on? I think season five now. No, I think we're past season five, but, uh, it's made it this far. I don't see why it would be too different, but, uh, with that being said, uh, Hulu, Marvel, and Hulu just released. Uh, well, they they released last weekend. Well, not Hulu, but uh, Punisher was on, released on Netflix. So you know, Marvel still has that going. And uh, on Hulu, they released Runaways, and I got to watch the first episode of that, which I have to say is a huge fan of Runaways. I am really enjoying the first episode. Uh, they did make some changes, but it's still um, still right in the tone, I would say. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of The Runaways. Um, I didn't even know that they had a tie-in to Civil War, so I went ahead and picked that up. I have not uh, seen Runaways yet. I think I'm just going to uh, binge it since um, they released the first three episodes, and then I heard that it's going to be released on a weekly basis, so I'd rather wait and watch it as a whole. Yeah, that's how Hulu apparently does is, does their stuff, um, which I didn't know. Uh, I know they did that with um, Handmaid's Tale, which I didn't watch, but I had heard. So, yeah, that's going to be... That's going to be interesting. I, I don't know if I want to wait and binge it or do it week by week, so it, I'll have to see. Um, but I, I will love to hear what you, your thoughts on the on the on it is when when you do get to watch it. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, again, you've said great things, and um, and then online, I've read nothing but great things about it as well. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Uh, a little bit of news before we get into our TV shows. I wanted to talk about Walking Dead: Fear the Walking Dead. So they were they teased at the end of Fear the Walking Dead this year that a, a character from The Walking Dead is going to make the crossover to Fear the Walking Dead. Now, we have to re- keep in mind that Fear the Walking Dead takes place years before Walking Dead. And there was a lot of people speculating. I think the big speculation was Abraham's character, since, you know, uh, they're kind of... The, the Fear the Walking Dead takes place near the border, and... Uh, we know Abraham's character about Texas. Yeah, and Abraham's character came from Texas, so I think a lot of people thought that was what was going to happen. But that's not what what happened at the end of this week's uh, episode of uh, Talking Dead. They let it they let it out, and it's uh, Lenny James's character of um, Morgan is going to be going over to uh, the Fear of the Walking Dead. And uh, you think, so obviously this is going to be when he was going crazy after he left Rick? So, I don't know. I, I wonder where, where it's going to, is, is it going to take place after the first time he left Rick? Or when Rick found him in that town and he said, you know, uh, what was it called? Clear? Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, if this is going to be after the point when uh, he left the guy who taught him to you know, be a pacifist kind of, not, not really pacifist, but you know, 
not to kill people. Um, I wonder. I really wonder what what point that's going to be at. And it sounds like he's going to be a substantial character over at Fear of the Walking Dead. They've they went and like streamed like uh, some of the first day of their script reading, I guess, uh, on Monday. Um, there was lots of talks of him like how he's exiting Walking Dead, but I didn't. I didn't get that. And then on t- Talking Dead, they were talking. They said, you know, uh, David Albert had a uh, maybe was it David Albert or was it the other guy? They said there was a note from him saying that it doesn't mean that his story on Walking Dead is ended. It's just that he's going. His characters are also going to be on Fear the Walking Dead. So I don't know what this means for his character. I don't know what this means for this character either. But obviously, this is a, a studio decision. So. If we take a popular character from one show, bring it over to the other show, maybe we'll get more viewers. Yeah, the show that's not as popular anymore. Uh, however, the the ratings for The Walking Dead have been going down week to week uh, since this season started. What do you think of that? I mean, we'll, and, we'll get more into it when we talk about The Walking Dead, but what do you think of that right now? Um, I just think it's really surprising, especially um, since you know they brought in Negan and... Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a great actor and I thought that he would have a big enough fan base that people would actually want to see him some more, you know? Um, so I'm actually surprised it's not doing so well as it has before. Okay. It's interesting. Uh, you had a story you wanted to set you wanted to talk about. Yeah. So it looks like, um, DC is killing off cyborgs, uh, solo comic. Um, it's going to end on issue 20. Um, which will be released uh, January 3rd. Um, the reason that they're doing this is because he will become the new leader of the Justice League. Uh, I mean, that makes sense that he'd become the new leader of the Justice League. I don't I don't see how that his book needs to be canceled for that reason. The reason his book would probably be canceled is because it's not selling. That has, you know, it, it shouldn't have, it, one should not have a bearing over the other. But I don't, I you know, I don't know. I don't know. That I mean, that's sad that his book's not selling, or if that's getting canceled. But it's, I, I guess, it kind of also makes sense. I I've always seen Cyborg more as the the team book. I don't know how much of a individual story he has in him. What do you think? Oh, uh, you cut out. So I just heard. Um, I always seen him as a team book, and then that's where you dropped. Oh yeah, I said I, I. I see him as a team book character. You know, as a solo book, I don't see how it could really, uh, how he can he carry a story on his own. Yeah, I don't. I don't really see him. You know, carrying a a solo thing either. Um, I, you know, I agree with you. It should be more of a team dynamic. Um especially with Titans. And then when new 52 came around, they brought him on to justice league and yeah, I don't know how his, you know, stories would take place or, you know, what even what villains even has. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I honestly don't, I don't know who, what villains cyborg has on his own either. So, uh, that's, you know, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I, him as the leader of the, of the justice league too, he, I don't. Maybe it's just me stuck in my mindset of how he's 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 young and he's supposed to be part of the Teen Titans, but for him to lead the Justice League, okay, I guess we'll see. We'll see how he does. Maybe he got good train. You know, he finally 
stepped up and he's he's a great leader he learned a lot of great things with his time with the titans and that's why he's gonna step up and be the you know the leader well in the, that in the, the justice league needs in the rebirth universe he was never with the titans that's true so he was uh he was with the justice league working with them yeah but he was but he he had started out as a justice league hero like the the New Fifty Two book, you know, has him going straight into the Justice League. So, yeah. So there's, you know, I guess that um, that could make him the leader, make him be good as the leader. Yeah. Give me one second, the dogs are whining. Give me one second. Sorry. Now that <laughs> Daniel's gotten the dogs under control, uh, let me get into my last story. We have. Uh, a casting news. We have casting news for Daredevil season three on Netflix. Um, an actor by the name Wilson Bethel, who, if you watched Heart of Dixie, I guess he was on that. He was on uh, Generation Kill for HBO, uh, Bates Motel, Harley and the Davidsons, and How to Get Away with Murder. I'm not too familiar with his work, but he has been cast as uh, an FBI agent for season three of Daredevil. However, a lot of people were speculating that this is just a, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A misdirect, I guess is the best way to put it, or a filler or a fill position for what his actual character might be either maybe Taskmaster or Blue Bullseye, sorry. Oh, Bullseye would be awesome to bring on, you know, to the to the team. So, looking at the picture of this guy, uh, if anybody you know is taking a look at our Facebook, I would say that I could see him as a Bullseye. Like, I I really could. Uh, my for my initial pick for Bullseye is an actor by the name of Jonathan Tucker. Um, if you would watch a show called Kingdom, he was in it. He uh, he's had a, a big career. He's got, he's been in a lot of things. Uh, he was in the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre earlier two thousands with uh, Jessica Biel. Um, he's been in a lot of things. You see, you see his face, you'd recognize him. But uh, and I think he'd make a great bullseye. But uh, this, I mean, this this guy could could probably do the job well too. I don't know. I, like I saw I said, a couple of his pictures on IMDb, and he's already wearing, you know, uh, a prison jumpsuit. So, <laughs> well, see, yeah, I could. I mean, like I said, I could, I could, I could see it. I could see it happening. Um, as for Taskmaster, you get an easy job there because Taskmaster doesn't really have a face. Like I, th- I'm pretty sure every book that I've ever read him in, he's he's got his mask on, and if he doesn't have his mask on. He has a hologram projector over his face so he can change his face to look like whatever he needs it to look like. Now, that you know, that being said, I think the most common one he uses is, is an Asian face. But maybe that was just the book that I was reading. Um, so, I don't know. Ta- you know, as, as Taskmaster, you don't really need... I really don't feel like you need a uh, a really great actor you need a really great stuntman <laughs> to play the part okay which should be easy yeah there are plenty of great stunt um stuntmen in in hollywood as well as stunt women so uh, i would love this i would love to see taskmaster in the mcu somewhere which i understand he is not part of the fox deal 
because I would assume that he would be part of Deadpool and 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 or X Men, but I do believe Taskmaster's first appearance is, is in Avengers, so that's why he's probably part of the, the the MCU, not part of the Fox MCU. Okay, so we there's a possibility he might be showing up somewhere. Yeah, it's awesome. Which I mean, I would really love for him to show up in the Deadpool movie, but. Uh, I just want him to show up somewhere, so we'll see. If you don't mind me asking, how come you want him in the uh, Deadpool movie? Oh, just because when I started reading Deadpool was right around the time that uh, there was the big Marvel, like, uh, what's the word? Marvel controversy with Rob Liefeld about the ownership of Deadpool and uh, the ownership of Cable, so they stopped calling... Uh, Deadpool, Deadpool, they called him Agent X, and they stopped calling Cable, Cable, they called him uh, Soldier X, so at that time, Agent X uh, was being, was, uh, he's kind of like Deadpool, but he wasn't, and he had no memory, so he was being retrained how to fight by, uh, by Taskmaster, and, you know, just, I associate Taskmaster with Deadpool all the time now, so uh, it's just, I would love to see him in a Deadpool movie, however, he is a formidable foe. He, I mean, I think one of his powers is probably one of the coolest mutant powers out there of having photographic reflexes. Anything he sees, he can do. So, uh, having that that being said, if he could uh, show up in an Avengers uh, movie or in uh, Daredevil or uh, Jessica Jones, you know, something something cool, I would love it. Now the character, the person I would love to see him pl- to see play him, has already shown up in the MCU as one of um, he was in Dark he was in Doctor Strange, and he uh, played the one guy that uh, that fought Doctor Strange in the Sanctum Sanctorum, and then fought him in the astral plane while uh, uh, Rachel McAdams' character was um, was fixing him on the the uh the surgery the surgery table do you remember that scene yeah so that actor's name is scott atkins he is he's in a lot of action movies he's a great fighter choreographer stuntman uh you know he's been but he's been in a lot of things where he's had to act and he i would think he i think he would make a great um taskmaster hopefully he could and we won't have to worry about the fact that he was already in Doctor Strange because he kind of has a no-name character in the in the movie, so uh, maybe not a lot of people would 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 notice. And uh, didn't you have that suggestion as a pinned tweet for a while too? I did. I did have it pinned tweet on my uh, on my uh, Twitter account, and I even got Ryan Reynolds and Scott Atkins to to both like it. So that was pretty cool. That is, that is impressive. <laughs> because uh, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Scott Atkins, Scott Adkins actually played uh, Deadpool when Ryan Reynolds played Deadpool in the uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine movie. So uh, scenes at the end of the movie when it's already Barakapool, if that's what you, if like <laughs> people like to call him, uh, a lot of those scenes were um, Scott Adkins doing the fight, doing the fighting. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah. So, a little bit of movie trivia for you. All right, let's go ahead and get into our TV shows. 
Uh, let's talk about Gotham. Uh, basically, this part of the season has really been about, hey, how much of a little douchebag can uh, Bruce Wayne be? <laughs> oh, my God. He left Alfred in the woods. <laughs> right? I mean... You kind of—he's rebelling now because he had to kill Rachel Ghoul, and he doesn't know how to deal with that. And Alfred's just trying to, you know, get him back to, get him back to normal. But it, he's having a really hard time. And we actually see what a child with as much money as Bruce Wayne has, and no supervision because his parents are dead, would actually be doing. And it's being a little douchebag. I'll buy this club, and you're not invited because I don't like you. Yeah, what's just funny is that he's made friends with Tommy Elliot. You know, it, we saw in the first season, you know, uh, him punch Tommy Elliot because Tommy was picking on him. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of like this, uh, the fact that he's made friends with him because this, you know, not that this is actually going to happen, but that the, the Tommy Elliot would grow grows up to be Hush in the comic books. So, uh, it, you know, it, it kind of plays out that way that it could happen. Now, speaking of other little kids in the show, uh, the Penguin has taken shine to a certain little orphan in the show by the name of Martine. And yep. this orphan doesn't talk at all. But he draws on his piece of paper all the time uh, to, to express what it is that he's trying to, trying to say. And we see Penguin constantly teaching him how to fight back, stab people, the correct way to disembowel, which has kind of spurned rumors of our, is Gotham trying to set up an onomatopoeia character for the future? That is awesome. I do like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the idea too, but we're not really going to, we're not going to get to see that character. You know, this show's not going to go on that long. I mean, unless they do another weird uh, accelerated Snuff. growth like they did with uh, <laughs> Poison Ivy. Oh, and they recast her yet again? Yeah, that exactly. Too. Yeah, they have recast her once again now that she's taken all that other stuff to make her more like the Poison Ivy in the comic book so that she'll be able to control plants and stuff. Like, apparently they've recast her because she's going to get a little bit older again. Yep. Um, they cast her with... Um the lady or the girl that plays uh lisa snart in uh the flash oh really i i did for i didn't read that so isn't that peyton list i think so i think that's her name that's interesting because she's not a redhead wigs hair dye yeah i mean more than likely but i don't know why why not just keep the girl that was already playing her i don't know that's actually a very good question. I didn't think about that. Maybe fans were like, she's not a good actress. We need her out. <laughs> yeah, like they ever listen to the fans. True. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, th those are the. it's getting really hard to watch Gotham right now, for, at least for me. I don't know about for you. Like, the story is kind of falling flat. I really liked where they were going at the end of last season, but it seems this, this season has really lost me. I really liked um, the four episodes we got with Professor Pig. Um, I think that was uh, some of the best um, just because everything was gruesome. It was awesome. And, um, you know, that's how I actually pictured Gotham to be where they're just solving, you know, kind of crimes like that that are grossed stuck and stuff. So 
Um, that's, you know, those four episodes won me over just because of the Professor Pig stuff. Yeah, I would have to say the Professor Pig and James Gordon stuff was great. And that and that is what I wanted Gotham to be from the beginning. Uh, seeing, you know, Gordon is now finally Captain Gordon. And unfortunately, he had to do it at the expense of Bullock. Like, Bullock ended up having to eat Crow because he was on Penguin's... Uh, Payroll. Payroll, yeah. But so was a lot of other people. So, uh, <laughs> that, you know, that's great. The whole Riddler, uh, Leslie, Catgirl, Tabitha, Solomon Grundy, you know, all that other stuff is just kind of, I don't know, kind of boring. Yeah, I don't know. I... Uh, th- this season has definitely, and we've said it before, they're really doing the whole Schumacher and Tim Burton had a baby kind of direction with, you know, these episodes. Yeah, I had for to. this season. I'd have to agree. Uh, it's, uh, like I said, Professor Pig was awesome. Um, I want to see more of that stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's just, I'm getting burnt out as well with the whole riddler thing and just you know we're gonna bring back lee just to you know have her back on the show as well yeah uh okay was there anything else you wanted to talk about gotham i think that's it for this one okay then let's go on over to supergirl which i think we're both pretty done with this show at this point (laughs) uh I have to say I did I did enjoy the flashback episode for whatever reason when they were you know we saw them as kids in uh, Nancy Midvale Drew. yeah their little Nancy Drew episode uh, they had a lot of um, uh, Easter eggs I guess or they had two Easter eggs to Smallville the TV show because they mentioned uh, she mentions her brother her cousin super or her cousin Clark's friend Chloe who uh, oh yeah. Yeah, who uh, was a character from Smallville. I think they eventually included Chloe in the comic books, but I'm pretty sure she hasn't showed up since um, since the New 52. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which is also kind of weird, and I know we don't really get into politics or anything on this on this <laughs> podcast but and where are you going the week that that episode <laughs> aired where she they made Chloe, uh, you know references to Chloe the actress who portrayed Chloe in, a, in Smallville got uh, news-worthy, I guess, because she was outed as a participant or leader in a weird sex slave cult. Yeah. Like second or third ranking yeah. in that cult. Very strange, and which is weird because I liked Allison Mack for a long time, You know, even after the show ended, and I followed her on Twitter and all kinds of stuff, but... Never got any inclination of weird shit like that happening. So take that with a grain of salt, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting that either. And I was like, wait, what? Who's this? What? <laughs> uh, Monel has made his way back. However, he went into the future to the 31st century. Uh, I think it's the 31st century met up with the Legion of Superheroes. So that's what that wormhole that he got sucked into was. It was the Legion of Superheroes. And it was his ship down in the water that we we talked about before. Uh, And then from there went back in time to seven months after the point where he had left Earth 
been cured of the disease, uh, the lead poisoning disease, and fixed it so that he could be back on modern day Earth. Uh, I'm assuming that we're going to find out that's because of Brainiac, or Brainiac 5, I should say. Um, and he is also, did he say he's married to Saturn Girl? Yeah, Irma is uh, his wife. His wife, yeah, because he's been gone for seven years. Uh, yeah, so we're definitely getting tie-ins to Legion of Superheroes this season. Uh, yeah. And and the interesting thing is that Monel did become part of the Legion of Superheroes in the comic books. He went by uh, Largand, I believe, at that point. Um, the, the Legion of Superheroes are the ones that were able to get him out of the Phantom Zone because that's where he had to stay because uh, Clark, as a child, had exposed Monel to lead, which, you know, if he didn't go into the Phantom Zone, he would have died. So the Brainiac 5 cured him of his lead poisoning, which, you know, it's following the comic books quite well. They just added in this whole part of him being with Saturn Girl and coming back to the present time. Surprise, surprise that it's following the comics. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, but Jesus Christ. Okay, so we got the fun crossover episode, but I'm not looking forward to what's going to happen after that because just cut my, you know, just slit my wrist, man. That's all it's going to do to me after you come back from the crossover episode. I mean, in the in the time that we have been on hiatus from recording, and that's what, four episodes? Uh, Alex and Maggie have met each other's parents, got engaged, set a wedding date and have broken up now and then gone through the whole uh you know mourning period of the other relationship i mean that all <laughs> happened and that's how much relationship crap happens in this show all the time uh yep that was and our favorite. i was gonna say Go that ahead. was ridiculous it's just ridiculous yeah i agree and then they had to bring in our favorite thing love triangles <laughs> uh yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I. I. You know what? I am gonna say this. I am enjoying the uh, Martian Manhunter or John Jones and his father stuff. Like those little interactions are good. Yeah, that's interesting, and that's a nice break from everything else that's dramatic that's going on <laughs> in the show. Uh, the other thing happening in the show is Rain. Um, I don't even. What is her? What is her name in the show? Uh, it's uh Odette Yusman is the one that plays or o- Odette Annabelle I guess is what she goes by now uh is the one playing the character I don't remember what her character's name is she's uh the one running Elcor right now and uh while while um Lena Luther her is Samantha Oh Samantha yeah Samantha is running Elcor as uh Lena Luther is doing her best to run Catco and she has come to find out that she is also Kryptonian and that she is part of a genetically engineered race of people that are called world killers. But the hologram tells her she's not really a world killer. She, or I mean, she is a world killer, but she's there to bring peace, which why would you call yourself a world killer if they're bringing peace? Misdirection. (laughs) I guess. Um, how do you feel about uh, oh, Erica Durant playing Kara's mom this season? It it I always forget that they switched actresses, and it always 
I always have to do a double take. I was like, oh, that's right. That happened. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I want to say this about the show. And I know we had talked about this off podcast before, but I think they're doing themselves a real disservice by not bringing in a Lois Lane at this point. We've had Lucy Lane. We've had Clark Kent. You know, we've had Sam Lane. They have yet to bring in a Lucy Lane. And I would bring in, or I'm sorry, they have yet to bring in a Lois Lane. And I would bring in Lois Lane and have her sh- like show Kara how she can help the world by being a great reporter instead of just by throwing her fists and fighting whoever, you know, show her, let bring her in for a good, like six episode story arc and show Kara how to be a investigative reporter. I know that's what they were trying to do with snapper car last season, but he just came off too gruff and he has to be the editor. So bring in someone that will show her how to, to be the, the person on the ground, the journalist on, in the street that will hit and make the, the story happen. Uh, that's just what I had to say. I think that since this show is, I don't want to say it's all about, but it, uh, one of the heavy themes of the show is, is female empowerment. Why not? Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. I, I agree with you on that one. And, and the um, only reason why I bring it up, sorry to cut you off. The only reason I bring it up is because they brought in Erica Durant to play her mother when, you know, they could have easily brought her in to play Lois Lane when she already played Lois Lane in Smallville. Smallville. Right, and she would be right around the age as the guy that is playing Superman at the moment, too. Yeah, the Tyler Hochin, I believe is how you say his name. Yeah, um, and I know that Supergirl's along with powers, but maybe Lois Lane can teach her a little bit about balance and how she deals with Clark, you know, always up and leaving as well. Yeah, exactly. And if, if they wanted to, they could throw in an episode where Supergirl's powers were transferred over to to Lois Lane, making her Superwoman, which she has been in the in comic book canon, being been Superwoman at, at points. So it's it's all good. But I would want her to show her how a journalist could save the world and as as well as a superpowered person. But one can hope, but it'll probably never happen. <laughs> it might not happen. Who knows? We got a whole half, another half of a season that that could that could happen. But who knows? Anything else? So, yeah. My last question before we move on: Do you think that um, that Rain is going to start getting all deformed and you know gray looking and stuff like her comic book counterpart? Yeah, uh, I would. I don't think so because they've gone through the the trouble of giving her a daughter Ruby and making her, you know, a character that we're supposed to love and stuff. Like she might eventually get evil, like to the point, to a point, but I don't think they'll deform her cause they want her, they, they're going to want to redeem her at the end. Even if like, it's to the point where she doesn't, they like, they strip her of her powers or something. Fine. Okay. <laughs> I mean, trust me, I would love it if they did. They made her look more like her, her comic book counterpart, but I just don't think that they will. Okay. Nice. Those are all valid points. I see where you're coming from. Uh, but can't, can't, can't they just, you know, you know, just give the comic book fans something? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, Yeah, they, I mean, they should totally, they should totally do that. Um, But I... I think they're doing that with the mask. Like, have you seen the promotional look of what her costume is going to be like? I only saw that once still, and that was a couple of months ago. So I don't remember what it looks like. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's kind of got this like weird mask and it's got a lot of angles on it, I guess is the best way to put it. So 
I, I think that's the they're doing that as opposed to the makeup. Okay. Uh, okay, so let's go over to Flash, which um, has been a lot of wedding talk. I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, I would think I would say that I am really enjoying the Thinker as the villain for this season. Uh, most recent episode where he reveals himself to to Barry was pretty great. Even though I would have rather them hold out and let Barry seem like he was going crazy and everybody else thinking that he's going crazy uh, until they, they finally revealed it. But his origin, once again, we go back to the, the very first uh, dark matter wave, you know, where so many of our villains were created <laughs> and, uh, but he kind of did it to himself as well. He knew that it was going to happen and his wife created a device to amplify his brain and he had altruistic, you know, me, um, uh, goals of trying to help the world because if he was smarter, then he would be able to uh, solve all the world's problems. And he started out that way, but then his body started to deteriorate. And they have yet to like make the connection of why he decided. Well, now I need to fuck with the Flash. Yeah, they still haven't said anything. Like, how do you um, go mean, from "I want to save the world," "I want to," "I want to cure cancer," and all that stuff to be like, "Nope, the Flash needs to pay." Maybe since he's just so smart, he's put the pieces together that you know Barry has fucked once again with the timeline multiple times, and he's caught on to it. Maybe, and he's like, "The Flash is selfish." You know, if he's gonna be selfish, uh, he needs to be punished. So I'm gonna go ahead and punish him. But what also makes me think is like, why would his wife go along? Like, I obviously in the episode they, they it shows that she's very devoted to him, that she is very much in love with him and do would, would do anything for him. But if you if she if he started off being like, I want to cure cancer, and then all of a sudden like I need to destroy the Flash, why would you just go along with that? Ooh, that, I actually didn't think about that. Right, that's just a very weird like plot point that, that they seem to be missing. Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, they'll, oh, great, great job on the flashbacks, too. So maybe we'll have another episode uh, with more flashbacks. Yeah, maybe. Uh, the only thing I could think is that maybe, like, because also the, the, the actress playing the character of his wife uh, has a very big change. Like, when he's, when they're down in their chamber and she's wearing that white outfit all the time, it almost makes me think that maybe the thinker, like maybe maybe his wife dies between the flashbacks and present time, and he made a robot to uh, take her place. That why that ro- that's why that robot is is like uh, so de- devoted to him and uh, will do whatever he wants. You know what I mean? Like I I kind of feel like something must have happened to his wife. I could see that happening too, and. Yeah, um, especially the way she's acting so cold towards Barry and yeah, uh, the way she's devoted hasn't stopped, you know, being by his side. And yeah, I can definitely see it. I mean, he built samuroids, so why exactly. not build, you know, a wife? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you think of the Council of, of, uh, of Harry's? That was hilarious. Uh, we needed something like that, you know, just to show off that tan- uh, tongue. Ah. Tom Kevnock and you know 
be different roles. Uh, I know, right? Wasn't it great? Uh, he, he and he's such a diverse actor, and it's so funny. Um, however, when you heard Council of Harrys, what was the first thing that you that came to your mind? Because the first thing that came to my mind was the the Council of Ricks from Rick and Morty. <laughs> I just thought it was going to be different people named Harry. I didn't think it was just going to be, he's going to be lonely and, you know, rely on himself from different universes. <laughs> uh, but, it, it, you know, why, if he thinks, of course, you know, um, Harry Harrison Wells would think of him sm- himself as the smartest person around. So why wouldn't he fill the room with more of himself? Right. And then he's like, I can't work with these people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what else about the Flash uh, have you been enjoying? Um, I really have been enjoying Ralph Dibney. Oh my God! I don't know why I didn't bring that up either. Yeah, you know what? I have been enjoying Ralph Dibney. However, I want to tell you. I want to say this: that is not the elongated man. That is Plastic Man from the comic books. That's the way they have him acting. Yeah, um, that's and I even said it too um, uh, on Twitter. I was like, wait, no, you guys got it wrong. You got you know, it's if you're gonna use Dibney, then go with elongated man. But um, so has he always been, you know, like a have a charm and be kind of, you know, scummy in the comics? No, no. He's a all around good guy like Boy Scout. Um, Him and Sue go around solving uh, mysteries together. That's why he says the line in in the first episode that he showed up. He says, I smell a mystery. Uh, That's a that's an elongated man like line uh, through and through. And after he gets his powers, he starts he he twig he twinkles his nose or or you know uh, twitches his nose. I don't know how you say it to uh, say that he smells a mystery. But they've definitely given him the personality of uh, of Plastic Man, uh, Eel O'Brien, with his uh, being able to actually they gave him his powers too. Like he's a like the whole making balloon animals with his hands. That's not that's that's a Plastic Man thing. That's not a elongated man like elongated man his power set isn't as nearly as powerful as plastic man's or even mr fantastic like he he can stretch and stuff like that but he can't really change the size of things i don't know if that's makes any sense to you um okay yeah so it, it it's really they've really decided to go with the plastic man feel of being funny and and uh kind of crude and all that kind of stuff <laughs> Um, I, I think it's what the show needed, especially since this deals with so much relationship stuff as well. But I will say this to the show. Come on, really? We're going to introduce a new character and then just automatically throw that character over to uh, Danielle Panabaker. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, I mean, that kind of sees the that kind of seems to be the the M.O. of this show. They're going to hook her up with whoever's the new character. <laughs> And then something tragic's gonna happen, and you know <laughs> we're gonna have Killer Frost all over again. Yeah. Uh, which, okay, this was kind of weird. Uh, the episode where the girls are meeting for the bachelorette party, basically. Um, Felicity comes out and says, uh, tells um, uh, Caitlin that so basically you're the Incredible Hulk. So that means that. Uh, Marvel Comics exist in the DC universe? Yeah, I guess that's a thing too because um, Barry says my uh, Spidey senses are going off with, yeah. in the Thinker episode. That's 
that's strange, right? I mean, it's, it's weird <laughs> for them to reference Marvel comics as opposed to res- referencing DC comics. Maybe they just kind of think of like, oh, who are these, you know, DC counterparts to these Marvel counterparts? I, I, yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. There's, I, I can't really think of anybody at the moment in DC that has a spider sense like thing or a danger sense. Uh, but there's got to be people that hulk out in the in the Marvel universe, right? Or the DC universe? I'm sorry. Plenty of people, I think. But it's just I mean, it was the closest. It, Go ahead. I was just say it's just so strange to hear Caitlin say, or not Caitlin Felicity call say. So basically, you're the Incredible Hulk, and it's just like what? What? <laughs> so strange. You're- you can go ahead and advertise Marvel. Okay. When this is DC show. Okay. <laughs> okay. I guess if that's what you want to do. Uh, yeah. So uh, there's that. Caitlin seems to be getting her powers under control, which is kind of cool. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I, I imagine she still wants to get rid of her powers altogether, but I think it's better for her to learn to live with them instead of trying to get rid of them. That's true. But I mean, she can't really use them anymore because she's attacked several police officers. <laughs> eh, that's okay. You know, the superhero community, I mean, look at, look at the arrow. The arrow went and killed a bunch of people or as the hood <laughs> and then became the arrow and then he became green arrow. So uh, everybody knows that all three people are the same person or the same superhero. They just like, oh, it's okay. He changed his name. We're good. Uh, I I would assume that if Killer Frost becomes uh, a hero, she might just drop the killer part because that seems kind of weird. That's true. Just name herself Frost. Yeah, yes. Uh, or maybe Frostbite. Yeah, I like that one better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to say about Flash? I'm just going to say the Bachelor Party episode was hilarious just because all of the crazy shit that happened with the guys on their Bachelor trip. And then we got Drunk Barry. Yep. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which, damn, I have to say is probably my favorite show right now out of all four. Same here. Yeah. And I don't know if it's if it's because it doesn't take itself too seriously, so the cast has a lot more fun, or, you know, the cast ensemble, you know, just has that great dynamic of or I don't I really don't know what it is, but I really am enjoying the show. Uh I, I, yeah, like I said, I, it's probably my favorite of the, of the four shows right now. Uh, I love the the way that every episode is now basically like, hey, you know how you like this one movie? We're kind of going to steal a little bit from that movie. So, you know, the Halloween episode, we got uh, E.T. Um, uh, I think the last episode, we got King Kong or Kong Skull Island, you know. Uh, It's just a bunch. And a little bit of Apocalypse Now, which was cool. Um, Yep. I just... I, I love I, I I think you're right that they know that it's it the show doesn't need to be super serious so they they're having so much fun with it and uh, I'm I'm enjoying the characters like I I don't know how I feel about Damian Dark being the bad guy again this season though yeah um I don't I mean I don't think he's gonna be the bad guy for the whole entire thing though oh no you don't think so 
No, I don't think so. Um, but it is that episode though where they brought him back. That was actually pretty awesome. That was really well done. <laughs> Return of the Mac. Return of the Mac. <laughs> okay, who took my watch? <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah no like like I I am enjoying him on the season uh I just don't know how I feel about him being the villain for the season if it turns out there's a bigger villain then that's gonna be pretty cool but uh one thing I do have to say is I don't understand like a lot of their problems seem to be not problems since they have a time machine and it's all about time travel like there's the episode where uh, Stein wants to get get there in time to see his daughter get or his granddaughter get born. I feel like you could go at any time seeing as how you have a time machine. You should be able to arrive on time, no matter what. <laughs> he didn't want to press the rewind button and go through that. I don't know. I get, I mean, yeah, they, they kind of interpret this as a uh, time has to flow in in synchronicity with them so like as he also has a he's able to facetime with his daughter through the time portals or whatever you want to put it so if it's four o'clock on his wristwatch it's four o'clock in star city or central city in uh present time you know just so that it always stays equivalent yeah that doesn't make any sense yeah it doesn't make any sense at all (laughs) Uh, time travel there was uh, another time when like and i don't remember what it was but they were so worried about leaving uh someone behind or something like that and i was like well why can't you just go back to right when it happened and pick that person up but i guess they've also established like you don't want to have two you know two versions of yourself there at the same time kind of thing i don't know it it the, Wait, didn't they cover that last season yeah they kind of did but it's just I think I, I I just have to let that stuff slide because they are having fun, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh, I'm just trying to think of everything. that So much has happened in, you know, these four episodes. The Freaky Friday really episode can't. was pretty great with the with Jackson and, and Stein switching places. When they, yeah, it was good. And Stein getting to be in the, the, the Firestorm outfit. <laughs> seeing everything reversed yeah oh um dark has a daughter dark has a daughter which i don't know if this is supposed to be his daughter from the future just being put in the past or if this is a daughter that he had in the past because he lived for so long that's actually a good point i didn't even stop to think about that either i don't know how that would work yeah i i don't know i, I, I don't know what it's supposed to be and I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't know if uh, they're just borrowing from the comics and they just change her name or something, or if that's like a legit, you know, character. I don't know if that's DC a legit. I don't know if that's a legit character. A legit character because I don't think Damian Dark is even really used that much in the comic book. So uh, I don't know if they even would even have delved into the fact that he has a daughter, uh, let alone a daughter with magical powers. True. Um, do you think she has a totem or do you think just because she's probably lived forever, she can use magic? See, that's, that's a good question. I don't know. And and, and come to think about it that, you know, that there's what three totems, four totems floating around in the legends of tomorrow now. Cause 
uh vixen has one her his her granddaughter has one uh zari has one now and that would mean that damien has his totem somewhere if he's being able to use his powers has to be close to him yeah so yeah so interesting oh and um i'm also getting really tired of this rip hunter being you know willing to betray whoever he has to betray just so he can have his own way yeah, you know, he he constantly plays the I know what's best uh role and I will do whatever it is to instead of just g- enlisting your friends to help you, you're going to just be like, well, they don't need to know this part. I'm just going to do what I need to do kind of thing. And it, it does get old quick, so. And the way he's just betraying everybody makes me think of him more as like an anti-hero now. Yeah. And then, you know, the the time what are they called? The time police? No, the time masters. Time come, patrol? I don't know. Oh yeah, time masters. I think that yeah, the time masters. They come and take him away, and he's like, "I fucking, you know, uh, I I made you guys." He's like, "Yeah, but now we're arresting you." So there's that. <laughs> so they're just gonna drop, you know, the investigation and the chase on Sarah's team, and that's it because he turned they turned over, um, Rip. Yeah, that that was uh. That that was what it seemed like they were doing. Ugh, okay. And I All love right. I love how it's always like you got, you guys can take care of these uh, smaller, um, like level threats while we take care of the bigger ones. And then of course every time they get involved, the those threats become much bigger. <laughs> was there anything else about Legends of Tomorrow that you wanted to uh, talk about? Uh, pretty much what I wanted to say. I'm just um, having you know a lot of fun with the show and i hope they keep on rolling the way you know um the show's been going yeah yeah me too uh arrow arrow was the like big part of the show was um the deathstroke storyline what did you think of that i mean we got we got diggle playing playing as arrow or green arrow so that they can say that the mayor is not the green arrow we have um uh, we ha- we had Richard Diaz or Ricardo Diaz or Richard Dragon show up for like a little bit. I thought he was going to play a much bigger role in this season so far, but he hasn't. Uh, we have Caden James, you know, doing his thing. He he's basically the big baddie for this season. And then, and I actually do like him. Do you? You enjoy his character? Yeah, that's cool. Like I, I like the I, I like the aspect of he's not a fighter. He's just kind. He's more of a thinker. Um. But I, I kind of get tiresome of his little, I don't know, pretentious sayings that he likes to throw out. Um, he's smart. He's better than everybody. He has to, you know, yeah, talk like that. Yeah, and he's, he's smug, and, I, I you know, that makes a lot of sense. So, um, But the, I think the biggest part of the, what we, we've missed talking is the, the Deathstroke stuff. So you got, you got Deathstroke thinking that his son is about to get killed. Uh, that would be Joe. Yeah, Joseph uh, Joseph Wilson, who has been renamed uh, Kane Wolfman, which I believe is a nod to uh, his creators, which would be Gil Kane and Marv Wolfman. Um, yep. the he he's basically taken on the persona of Ravager. 
who is actually Grant Wilson in the comic books, and Joe Wilson is Jericho, who is a Teen Titan hero. But they've kind of messed that up because I think Grant Wilson showed up in Legends of Tomorrow in the first season when we went to Star City 2040 or something like that. Yeah. And he was the Deathstroke at that time. So the only Wilson child that we're missing now is Rose Wilson, the second Ravager. Which, who knows if she'll show up. Yeah, you know, and I think that maybe if we ever get, if they actually do get the Deathstroke TV show that they were talking about, like that these two episodes might be the spinoff for, uh, and he has to go up against his son off, you know, Joe, on and off, I would think that Rose would be a good sidekick for him to have, where he's kind of teaching she, her the ways of being uh, a fighter and stuff like that. She would be a good sidekick. Or um, Rose could maybe show up in the Teen Titans TV show. That would be pretty awesome, too, if she showed up in the Teen Titans TV show on, on uh, the the DC streaming subscription. But we'll see whatever happens with that show. I know, because they've been cast, but nothing else has been said ever since. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know if we've talked since um, they revealed who Vigilante was. That was um, also during the um, the Deathstroke uh, episode. So, no, we have not talked about that. Yeah, so they went and said that Vigilante was Dinah's old partner and boyfriend uh, from Central City when uh, the Dark Matter Wave created her because she was yelling because her boyfriend was being shot in the head. It also created him, a guy with a... Severely messed up face and a healing factor now. Uh, and he's a little bit on the insane side. So essentially they gave us a Deadpool in the Arrow universe. Um, Do you think he'll be showing up some more this season? Oh, he's definitely going to show up more this season. I just thought it was like, really? They, they made Vigilante into Deadpool. That's interesting. <laughs> We we need to lure the audience back. We need to have a fun, goofy character. Uh, yeah, that's popular right now. That's very popular. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this vigilante character being her old boyfriend because obviously that means she's gonna, uh, you know, want to be with him. And as we've said many times on this podcast, I want her to be with. I want Black Canary to be with with uh, Oliver. But obviously, as the 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 allicity fucking candle has been has been relit and this is all happening again why i don't know why teen drama that's why uh but you know what's funny is that that fucking the the biggest drama on the show is the fact that diggle has this tremor in his arm and he's not telling people and then Everybody is lying to each other cuz Dinah didn't tell anybody that her boyfriend is the is vigilante and uh, John is taking drugs to fix his tremor, and now, and then there's fucking Mr. Terrific and Felicity, uh, Curtis and Felicity. You're starting their own company, but then their big drama is that she didn't tell him that they, or she didn't go over the fact that he was. She came up with a name for the company, and then he's using the product to help Diggle, and it was so. It was such a weird bicker between the two of them. And then after the end of the episode, they made up like nothing ever happened. Well, it's because it was petty. It was so very petty. 
Yeah, on both of their parts. I would, uh, if, if anything, if I was Curtis, I would be more upset that she used the five hundred million dollars or the five hundred thousand dollar angel money. Is that what it yeah. was? Five hundred, yeah, to bail out Oliver. Like what? The money that we're supposed to use to to make our company, you use to bail out Oliver? No, thank you. Which makes no sense. None whatsoever. So, <laughs> one of the big things that I just thought of when we were talking about Deathstroke stuff. Um, so you know how the FBI agents been all up on in their business, you know, trying to pin that the green arrow is Oliver. Wouldn't the weekend that he went out of town, you know, wouldn't that been, you know, noted somewhere that he left out of town? So, you know, less probability that he is the green arrow, even though he is a green arrow. Well, I think, and she already established that she knows that Diggle was, is, is, replaced him right now just because uh they don't he doesn't want to be known as the green arrow but she knows that he's supposed to be the green arrow and i really don't think that she's a real fbi agent i or if she is she's she's working for Caden james i think that this is all part of the setup and at the end of it they'll end up um making it so that she's not uh she's not a uh credible source or whatever so i think this i think it's all part of Caden james plan because obviously yeah, he he's the one who had to have put out the fake picture that first started this whole thing. Uh, all the video cameras that were showing the vigilantes beating up fake cops, even though they're fake cops, um, that went out on air. You know, it's it's all part of his plan. Okay, yeah, I don't think that um, she is part of the FBI either, especially the you know the way she threatened him at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, nope, 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 you're working for somebody else. Especially since, like, in the whole trial thing, like, she she works for the FBI, so if they're going to try him, they would get the Department of Justice to do it. It'd be a federal crime, because she's a federal officer, but then they give it to the district attorney to, to try court. It's like, I mean, I know this isn't that kind of show, so it doesn't need to be all perfect, but that was just a very weird thing that the district attorney was was there to uh, prosecute Oliver. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm done with William. I, I can do without <laughs> him at this point. Like he is really messing up my show. I feel like I I need Oliver to be Green Arrow and him to be okay with it. That'll never happen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, something's got to happen. The kid either has to say, yes, I'm okay with you being Green Arrow, or he's got to have to die, right? Yeah, either that's the only way I can see it, or maybe, um, you know, he'll take him under his wing and be like, all right, cool, you know, you're going to be my sidekick. I'm going to show you how to shoot and kick ass and do all these things. <laughs> he's going to he's gonna train his own little, his own Robin? Yeah, oh. but first let me drop drop you off at Leanne. Oh wait, no, Leanne, you blew up. Never mind. Yeah, you don't want to go there. That's where <laughs> his mother died. <laughs> so never mind. Uh, I don't but know. Yeah, William has to die. I think <laughs> that's the only way <laughs> we're getting back our show. So then we get a, uh, a a messed up Oliver who goes and secludes himself for half a season or some shit, and then comes back next season with a beard. With a beard. <laughs> <laughs> in a missing arm <laughs> <laughs> yes what happened don't worry about it uh anything else you want to say about arrow thea is out of the coma thea is out of the coma 
that is yeah i don't know that is weird and they brought up the whole fact that she still had some of the uh lazarus pit stuff running through her veins which kind of helped and i was like well why didn't that get her out of the coma faster (laughs) and she you know made a promise to never suit up but we have her back just in time for the crossover yay uh yeah that's kind of weird like willa holland i wonder what her contract actually says (laughs) x amount of episodes x amount of money i guess you're done yeah i guess uh anything else you want to talk about arrow uh no no okay uh i just want to say this real quick thing about gifted it's a terrible show (laughs) uh the characters are horrible the acting is horrible uh the writing's not great they did this weird thing where they brought in the von struckers in the last episode uh so which we saw baron von strucker in x-men or not x-men uh avengers age of ultron so I wonder how that's all working out between Fox and, and, and Avengers or Fox and MCU, but all right. Um, yeah, it's, it's John Proudstar. The actor who plays John Proudstar, the character of John Proudstar is probably the only good thing I like about the show. Uh, other than that, the rest of it can go away. If, if Garrett Dillahunt ends up being Mr. Sinister, I will, I will say that this show is that much better but it's not good at this point. Okay. So I'm not missing out on much. No, you're not missing out on much. I still have yet to watch the last five episodes of Inhumans. So oh I'm, my God. So I don't, I don't have uh, anything to report to anybody about that. Um, when I ever, if I ever get around to watching those five episodes, I will definitely say something, but I don't hear too many people clamoring for my opinion on Inhumans because I don't think anybody watched it. It's gonna make a comeback. They're gonna give it, Disney's gonna give it a second chance. Yikes! That's all I. I that's all I'd say is yikes. You know what? Don't give Inhumans a second chance. Bring back Peggy Carter. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right to Disney. Right to do it Disney. right now. Yeah, I'll do it. Uh, okay, let's talk about The Walking Dead. Now, you said earlier that you thought that Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character or Jeffrey Dean Morgan fan base and stuff would would bring back would bring in the the viewership. I think that we had that for last season, but we've this season is you know, his second season as Negan and I don't think it's enough. Uh I think the promise of All Out War, I think for a lot of people thought brought a different image to mind. And I I really do love what Rick and his his, uh, his side is doing of being very methodical, being very planned out, being you know thinking you know instead of just going balls to the wall and and fighting like what Daryl really wants to do, you know it's just he's like no we need to plan to take these guys out we need you know we need to um, be prepared and and that's how a war should be fought but I think. A lot of people, a lot of viewers, a lot of audience members was thinking they were just going to get to see a whole season of fucking storming the beach of Normandy, you know, the kind of thing. <laughs> but the, yeah, okay, I know where you're coming from, but I, I just want to, I'll go ahead and defend the show. I mean, after the season uh, premiere, you had that for, you know, three straight episodes, just, you know, bullets everywhere. You're right. You're absolutely right. 
But, you know, a show like that and, you know, here's the but the but, um, you know, it'll get old fast. Oh, you you you, you don't have to you don't have to sell me. That's I I believe that would be a terrible idea to just have fucking bullets flying for the whole season. It it'd be boring. It'd just like, "Oh, okay, another person <laughs> was shot. That doesn't make any difference." Uh it I I am enjoying this season how they're playing it out. Uh I love the fact that we're introducing new characters and, you know, some characters are already getting killed off. Like, I mean, yeah, we don't see we don't really know too much about Aaron's husband, but it's a very big point in Aaron, the character of Aaron's life. So that was uh, interesting to see. I'm shipping Jesus and Aaron <laughs> saying that right now. Jesus and Aaron raised that baby together. Yeah. Oh my God. That baby. Oh, oh my God. That, I, that, that probably, oh, that probably sh- shook me up more than Shiva. Dude, don't even bring up Shiva. That was so sad. Oh, I know. And just to see Ezekiel break down, just like, I'm not your king. I'm nobody's king. You know, you, you can leave. You don't have to follow me anymore. Yeah. I mean, and, and the fact that, you know, Ezekiel, Jerry, and uh, Carol were the only ones to return. That's just like, fuck. That is bad. But realistic in a way, you know? Like, I'm sitting here. I, since the introduction of the people from the kingdom and you see them wearing all this fucking uh, skating gear, like roller skating gear from fucking <laughs> Big Five. Like all I can think is like, what the fuck does that stuff even do? Is it, it? It's not gonna protect you against uh, bullets or knives, and it's definitely not gonna protect. I mean, it obviously doesn't protect you from uh, bites from a walker. Like it makes I don't know if it's some kind of security blanket. Like it just makes you feel like you're being protected when you're actually not. And look, look what happened to them. They they fucking got slaughtered. Yeah. That that whole scene was crazy to watch. Just seeing people, you know, drop left and right. Some people losing limbs. Yeah, and then when they all fucking got up, and you know, as walkers came after Ezekiel and Jerry, and it's just like these are their friends, their families, and because of Ezekiel's hubris, is I would say it was probably the best way to put it. You know, they're all fucking dead and coming after him now, and Jerry's swinging that fucking axe. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, saving him at the last minute with that devastating axe blow—I could not believe that. But then he goes and breaks his axe. That was—I was—I was, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, trying to break the lock. Yeah, yeah. trying to break the lock. Uh, I feel—I feel like there would have been a better way of doing that, <laughs> the way that he ended up doing it. But uh, you know, you're, when you're panicking, you're panicking. Yeah. Um, I, I guess my biggest question I have for you, um, what, what plans do you think, um, Negan has for father Gabriel? I don't know. See, and this is, this is where I feel like the, and I have like, I have no prior knowledge of the comic books, but I feel like this is where the show hears a lot of the vocal fans online where they're talking about like, Negan isn't really all that bad, you know, how is he any different from, from Rick? So instead of just killing Gabriel right there and then he, 
saves him and he's going to bring him in and and like he's it, it's like their way of showing like oh maybe he's not that bad maybe you can live with uh Negan's way of life and Negan's not a good guy. I don't care what people say. Rick has not gone as far as Negan has. He's not putting hot fucking irons on people's faces for disobeying the rules. The worst we've seen Rick do for someone to disobey the rules is he exiled them. And eventually Carol came back anyways. Because <laughs> uh, she's a badass. She is a badass. It's just, it's, it's, it, it was a little something that felt real out of character. And, and when, when we see people from Rick's camp that disobey the rules and, and Negan lets them live, it, it always rubs me the wrong way. Like when he killed Olivia or he didn't even kill Olivia. He had one of his people kill Olivia. Like, that didn't that was that, Dwight. <laughs> no, I thought D- Dwight killed uh Dwight killed the, the, the doctor lady, Denise. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, the, the the female savior killed Olivia on Rick's fucking porch. Um That's right. <laughs> it's just it it I don't know. I don't know how to, it it doesn't it doesn't strike me as character wise being correct. So well, um, who knows? Um, I know how, you know, when they're having, having the meeting before, you know, the sanctuary got overrun, um, you know, he's like, we need to make a point by killing the right people. Maybe he's just say, uh, saving Gabriel. Um, bring, we'll bring him back to Alexandria and just, you know, kill him in front of everybody to watch just to try and make another point. Maybe. maybe, Yeah. Uh, he is a person that, that knows the, the power of uh... – of big gestures, I guess is a good way to put it. You know, he knows how to make it so that people see the, the bigger picture, I guess, or the, the bigger consequence. Uh, what do you think about Jesus taking prisoners when obviously the plan didn't call for prisoners? Um, yes, that was, you know, the humane thing to do, but it was the wrong move. Um, obviously, um, the hilltop community doesn't have that much food to spare. Um, you know, the saviors are the enemies. They should just dealt with them from the start. You know, um, I I kind of sided more with um, with Alana Masterson's character and with Morgan that they should have kept no prisoners. See, and that's I guess that's where I differ too. Like, to me, the people that are under that are underneath Negan and then essentially underneath Negan's uh, generals, they're victims just as much as as the people outside of the sanctuary. They uh, are following because they don't know any better. They that they're 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 in fear of going up against Negan. So killing Jesus not not killing them and taking them in, these are people that will eventually be on your side. Like other than the fucking asshole that we've dealt with before over at the kingdom. Oh, fuck uh, that guy. Yeah, right? Uh, you know, the, the rest of these people will integrate into your communities, either at the kingdom or the hilltop or Alexandria, and they will be uh, people that can contribute either by, you know, helping grow or building homes or building shelters or making weapons, you know, kind of thing. 
I think it's too much of a liability. It, I personally think, you know, some will betray them. Then it's just going to bite them in the ass by showing them mercy. Yeah, and, and but if you topple, if you topple Negan and the, the rest of the sanctuary, the rest of the saviors, like they, I, I, I really think that they won't have anybody to go and betray them too. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. If if you if if someone steps out of line and breaks a rule, then you do what you need to do. You punish them. You you either exile them or you put them in jail, uh, kind of thing. That's how society works. And and the fact that there's so little people left, of, uh, so little population left in the world, you can't just go and like you just can't go and kill a whole swath of people like that that aren't doing anything. Like the big thing is that those that they had them, they had them throw down their guns. At the point where you, they're not fighting back and you just execute them, it's execution. It's it's a completely different thing than when you kill someone in the heat of battle that's firing back at you. You know what I mean? So I, I understand what, why Jesus did it, and I, I agree with him. Maybe that would get me killed in the, the zombie apocalypse. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you actually um, talked a, bit, a little bit of what Negan also said. He said that, you know, people are good because people can actually work and they can, you know, make the community strive. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, not, too. I'm not saying Negan's not a smart man. He obviously knows <laughs> how to work the system and how to get, how to work people. He's just an evil person. That's all I, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> and lastly, what do you think about Rick getting desperate and going back to the junkyard people? Uh, I think, I think, that is a dumb move, but I think we're going to find out that that's not the actual move. I think that that was – it's part of his plan. He knew that he was going to get betrayed by them again, and he has something else be up on his uh, in his sleeve. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you So do you think um, they're going to keep on working for Negan? The heapsters? Uh, I think that – I think yes. I think that from a writer point of view, we when we saw that uh, that they betrayed uh, Rick and his people the first time around, there's no redeeming them at this point. So we have to see the heapsters be eliminated. Um, and for that, they have to stick with Negan's side with the saviors. And I, I assume that Jardis Jandis. J- 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 Jadis, 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 Jadis will have a uh, will will believe that that's the the better deal is with Negan and the Saviors than with Rick and his people. Well, screw her too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all I had to say about that. Because I really did, you know. I don't know. Uh, I was just hoping that you know there would be some hope for Rick's group. Yeah, I, especially after the loss that you know they just took. Yeah, they did take a. Was, the kingdom did t- just take a big hit. Um, do you think that we're going to be getting the Oceanside people soon? Oh, are they going to join? I the actually group? forgot about them. Well, I mean, though the hilt or not the hilltop, the oh crap, uh, the kingdom will probably tell. Um, I can't think of her name. Um, Alana Masterson's character, like, hey, this is what happened. We lost all soldiers, so maybe soldiers. So maybe she's gonna be like, nah, I, I don't want to bring in the other community, and they don't want to, you know, be part of any of this. And I promise that I would mention 
that they exist. Well, I mean, we already had Rick and his people go over. Like, she already told Rick, and Rick went and got the guns from them. So, right now, essentially, they're being they're unguarded, or they they don't have the resources to really protect themselves. But I think that I think that they 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 will go and enlist them. You know, the few fighters that they have will will be a, an added bonus. Rick might have already enlisted them. You know, that might be part of the plan. It's- that's true. That's something we don't know. Something that could have happened off screen. Yeah, definitely. But the biggest question, where is Heath? <laughs> that is a really good question. Where is Heath? Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to find out. Uh, what did you th- what did you think of uh of of Negan's confession? Quotes in quotes. Um actually from like looking up online that's actually pretty uh pretty accurate to the comic book. Yeah, so the whole I know thing, why he has Lucille as well. So, so the whole thing about him not being able to put down his wife after she changed—that was uh, his biggest what flaw? Is that what he said it was? Yeah, that, but that's what makes him strong. Pretty much, yeah. His uh, wife died of cancer, and then you know turned when the zombie apocalypse happened. But he also, and, went, while she was alive, he cheated on her and wasn't faithful and all kinds of stuff, too. Yep. Was just a bad man all over. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else you want to talk about with The Walking Dead? Should I spoil why he uh, why he named the bat Lucille? Uh, is that going to be coming up in a, rec- in, a, in, a, in a soon episode? I actually don't know if they're going to bring it up. How about we wait until the mid-season finale? If it doesn't happen, then you can say it. All right. Sounds good. All right. Awesome. Uh, that There you go. There's a super condensed version of, all, of, of the shows that we talk about. We had the crossover coming up this week. We can't wait to, to watch it. Uh, I hope you guys watch it and have some interesting input as well. If you want to talk to us about any of the shows that we've talked about and we covered today, we'd love to hear it. I'm at agent underscore of the underscore bat on Twitter. Daniel's also on Twitter as super commie Daniel, not communist. (laughs) (laughs) Commie K-A-M-I, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram and Facebook.com backslash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page. Check out our website, geekeliteradio.com for future, or I'm sorry, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts, as well as future articles and future uh, special recordings that we have on there. But until next time, this is Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.